When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overplayed by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's kick some things in the bin then, shall we? And welcome to episode 11 of this season's Real Football Cast. And once again, it's time to do something completely different. With it being the international break, or actually the international break is just behind us, it's time to revert to our try and tested format of kicks in the bin. And that means two more guests will have the opportunity to serve up their biggest pet hates in football. Now, it's going to be even more different this week in that the two guests are going to go purely one-on-one against me and are going to be split into two parts. That means first up is Josh. He's otherwise known as the Kitsman, though. And Josh, it's a pleasure to have you on board. I hope you're looking forward to the show tonight. I am. I'm looking very much forward to it. Excellent. Right. So, obviously, you're going to put some pet hates in my direction. Before you do, I'm going to do some Mm -hmm. social media bits first. Otherwise, I'll be talking to the Abyss once more. So, first, if you want to get in touch with me, you can. That's on Twitter, at StanTracy1983. Also, the podcast has its own account, which is at RealFootballPod. So any questions or comments to either or, send them my way and, you know, I can run through those. You can find me via iTunes by searching for Real Football Cast. If you use that platform, then don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And if you like that, leave a review. And of course, if you're not a fan of all things Apple, you can find me on SoundCloud and Acast. While the easiest way to find all the links is by going to realfootballcast.com. As you should know by now, the Real Football Cast is sponsored by Loserpool. What is Loserpool, how you ask? It's the company behind the game, Last Man Standing. One which is free to enter. And a new prize pool is once again paying out... £1,000. If this has grabbed your interest, then be sure to visit loserpool.com and create an account because the odds are winning are great, but they're even better if you sign up. Right then, it's time to go live. And Josh, quite simply, what is the first thing that you would like to see kicked in the bin? Well, um, obviously I'm a man of the kit. Um, I do. I am impartial to a kit now and again. <laughs> um, so I want to put uh, this towards you. Uh, it's the third kit or the special kit, the kit which they bring out, you know, just as a speciality piece, uh, which is done as basically a money grabber. Um, and um, I've got two examples of this. Um, I think one of the most commonly sort of noticed uh kits that came out which was the special kit was psgs 
when they did a crossover with Jordan, um, uh, Michael Jordan, and they brought out this white kit. I think they also brought out a black kit as well. But what they did was they decided to sort of debut it on Champions League night, and they wore it as the home shirt, which, for me, abandons all tradition in replace the sheer sales, commercial success, in just fashion as opposed to being their home shirt, which everyone knows is blue with the red and white stripe down the middle. Um, we've, had a, we've had a more recent case of this, in fact, with Italy, uh, who played in their green shirt at home in the Euro 2020 qualifier against Greece. Um, I absolutely love it. I have no, no, no quarrels with how good they look, but Italy playing at home in green, it's never, never should be. They should be playing in blue. Uh, it's a beautiful shirt. The green one is. It's a Renaissance shirt. It's got a gold badge. It's got gold Puma logos on it. But for me, it should never be a thing. And in fact, why is an international team having a third kit in the first place? So I just want to cut out all of this nonsense. Maybe have one once every five years, but don't bring these special kits out all the time because all you're doing is you're abusing us, the fans. That's a very strong start. It's a very strong statement you've made. And it's one I have to agree with because, yeah, the third kit, it is the sense of the money grabber now, isn't it? There's no real need for a third kit. I remember QPR had a third kit and it was, I think this is like 20 odd years ago now, but they only play in blue and white hoops. They don't really need to wear their away kit. So you're sort of really pushing the boundaries of a third kit. I mean, even the examples you've given, I think PSG is an absolute just cash in. It's a money grab, you know, merciless. There's no disguising that. And I think also you could have just said international teams that don't wear their own colours. That would be the strong enough opening gambit. Yep. Because Italy's green shirt, you're right, nothing wrong with it. Actually looks quite good, I'd agree. But sacrilege really, isn't it? In terms of Italy's tradition, goes back to, you know, when they sort of started all about the monarchy and all that. Yep. And now they're yep. wearing, wearing green just because, you know, yep. why not? And, you know, or more, moreover, why? So, mm. yeah, I'd have to agree. I'm not a fan of the third kit. I just think, you know, in this day and age when kits are, are expensive enough, um, you know, if you've got kids or what have you and your um, son or daughter's asking for 60, 70 quid for a third kit, I mean, yep. come on, you know, that's that's only lasting a season, isn't it? So for me, absolutely. they're an absolute no-no. I think just home and away, you know, mix up the away one, absolutely fine. Maybe if it was a centenary kit, there might be a caveat, but ultimately, no. So that's a great opening um, shot, a great opening effort. And for that, I'm going to put third kits in the bin. So we're off to a flyer, Josh. That's one Back out of the way. Nets. Yes, exactly. That's one <laughs> out of the way. What's uh, your second pick for me? Right. Um, I want to get the kit ones out of the way early. Okay. Uh, I don't, I don't want to tie myself down to just kits. Um, but I'm going to go for it. Um, and it's silly kit choices. Um, and again, it's just pure greed. It's, uh, it's, it's a cash tie thing. It's, it's, it's uh, rich clubs wanting to be richer. Um, and just really advertising their, their kits for no reason and again abandoning traditions there is an absolutely superb twitter account called kit crimes um and he posts these things quite regularly and i keep a, a, a sort of watchful eye on these anyway but what will happen is the premier league i think their twitter account will post what kits are going to be worn that weekend and it's um sort of like a little preview of what to expect you know um, and see what your team will be playing in um i've got a couple of examples which happened most recently um so man city at home 
you know, playing in their blue kit um, as 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 they as they should. Um, touching on the first point there, um, but yet yeah, playing playing in a blue shirt, and you've got Wolverhampton Wanderers, who you would expect to be playing in their amber shirt, but no, they're playing in their black shirt. Um, uh, they're away shirt for no reason at all. Uh, they've never had a problem in the past. Um, why would you need to abandon your traditions just to get more money? I mean, Wolverhampton should be playing in amber. There is no kit clash with amber and blue. Last time I looked. Um, another example, it uses Man City as well. Norwich at home, um, playing in their uh, uh, green kit. Uh, and then Man City, I think, playing in their um, away kit, um, which is just absolutely nonsense. Because there's no need for it at all. Um, Man City should be playing in blue. Um, so we've got all these fantastic teams, which we know their home colours. It's abandoning all these traditions just for sales, just so that you know your, your, your kid can say at uh, Christmas time, "Oh, I want that Solero kit or that cocktail kit of Man City's because I've seen it being worn a few times, and there's been absolutely no need to." So I think it's that really, just these usual kit clashes that should that yeah, tradition. That's what their colours are, just being abandoned just for sheer money, really, and advertising. Right. Okay. So let me play devil's advocate here. You made a great, a great a great case about the fact that Wolves weren't playing their traditional colours. Yes, Wolves were away, so they have got the right to play the away. They kit. have now. They have. Yeah. Obviously, obviously, that is their right. Is that yep. due to let's say contractual obligations where they have to get this away kit worn? Say I don't know five or ten times this season because ultimately you know Wolves are not necessarily a team that's going to clash with many clubs. So then yep. why would you use the away kit? So yeah, you bang one. on. So no, you're right. I think, to be honest, I think we've had one kit one. I mm. think uh, this one, I think it's going to bounce off the post. You make a good yes. case, but I, yes. don't, I don't think it's the worst crime. I think there are far greater no. crimes. One you've already highlighted. I think in the sort yes. of the world of kits, there are a lot worse yes. things. And I don't think it's, you know, like I say, I mean, they are using an away kit because they're away from home. So I'll give them their due. Mm. It's frustrating, yes. but it's not enough. So it's scratching it. You've got it off your chest, but unfortunately I can't kick it in the bin. <laughs> So we're, we're one for two, but, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. People have done a lot worse at this early stage. So, <laughs> That's all right, then. <laughs> so op- option number three, choice number three, what have you got for yep. me? What would you like to kick yeah. the bin? I'm going to go for linesman, um, and not for the point you think. Um, when a ball goes past them, just trap it. Don't let it go. You know, they could quite happily just trap that ball and just say, here you are, you know, Give it a throw. You often see it, don't you? You know, the ball just comes trickling by, and it'll just sort of go over the foot. They won't move as won't even move for it. You know, it's like for some reason they're this higher entity where they're like, I can't be seem to be kicking that ball back. Now I'm sure there's some rules about it. I I'm sure there's something with the FA where they say nope. Our linesmen simply just stand there like the Queen's Guards with their flag held high and we will not do anything other than what we're programmed to do. But for me, you know, what are you doing, man? You know, just just get that ball. Don't let it go. You know, that guy's got to go run for it. You could quite happily just put your leg out and just stop it from going. And I know that's a crazy one and it's probably not got a lot of weight, but it annoys the hell out of me because it happens so often. And all they, they don't even look at it. They just they're just in their own world. Um, so it's a weird one, but it bugs me, and I don't know whether or not it bugs you. 
Right, okay, so you've got a dislike of linesmen not being proactive enough to get the ball, to maybe mimic the role of ball boy. Is that the kind of make the point you're trying not to make? Necess- not necessarily jumping over the hoardings to get it, but when it's going in their direction and they can be seen just to put, oh, yeah, just, you know, do that. I know there's probably a ball boy behind me, but I'm just going to put my foot out there. There you go, you know. Just a bit of that. Just a bit of you know, you know, to your fellow man. You know, I'm just gonna just gonna keep my leg out there. I I often see it and I comment on it all the time. And as soon as you said I want you to come up with some points, I had to get that one off my chest. Some people might think, what is he on about? But for me, if I didn't mention that point, I'd have cried. Right. Okay. So you got it off your chest. You know, we're amongst yeah. we're amongst friends now. That's absolutely fine. The, yeah. only, the only issue I'll take with this one, do you remember, I think it was Euro 2016, do you remember when Antonio Conte got so rolled up, he almost sort of booted the ball back on the pitch when he was on the te- uh, sort of touchline technical area? And he got yeah, as many. So yeah. I'm thinking, what if a linesman gets so wrapped up in the sort of, say the FA say, you're absolutely fine, you, you know, if you can, give the ball back, let's speed things up. But what if they're so like engrossed in it that they've got on the pitch too early and they've killed a chance or something, or they've cleared the ball yep. at the wrong time. You know, it only takes one linesman to get it completely wrong, and we're it's in true. we're in anarchy, aren't we? We are in anarchy. Even VAR can't do that. Exactly. Not only that, if I put linesmen in the bin, yeah, we've got, we've got no game, have we? Do you know what I mean? That's very true. That's very true. You, you you lose a vital part of football. Yes, I can't put football in the bin, otherwise I lose the show as well. So unfortunately, I think although linesmen could be seen to be more proactive, I think they need to focus on being good at what they do and that's an argument in themselves because sometimes you know especially in the lower leagues they do drop a clanger don't they so I think if linesmen so, just focus on being good linesmen and not necessarily yeah. worrying about passing the ball back then I think yeah. we'll be all better for it as as football as a community so unfortunately I can't let that one in the bin either no. so we'll, oh. we're one from three but there's still da- there's still two to, that's alright still two to go so what's your fourth um, <laughs> thing you want to see kicked in the bin Kicked in the bin. Um, right, the match will finish. You'll cut to Roy Keane, um, Sue Ness, and who else is it? I forget who usually does it, but they've, you, you, you can see the um, the analysis team. They're, they're, they're all there. And in, and in the backdrop, you'll see a row of uh, grass cutters. And for no reason at all, there is no way that that grass has grown to, to, to a point where it needs to be mowed. Um, and they're, they're just itching to get on the lawnmowers. I mean, I don't know whether or not it's because they want to be seen that, look, look, I'm doing some work, you know. You may have seen me the other day on my phone, but I can assure you I'm always on that lawnmower. I'm always mowing this lawn. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get on that lawnmower and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be on TV, in fact. And then you'll see I'm working. I just, I just don't understand it. I mean, I've seen it so often. They're straight on it, and they're there doing lengths or um, laps with this 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 lawnmower. And it's not just one of them. There's like a there's like an army of them. And I just don't understand why there's this urgency to get on straight away. It's got to be to get on camera, surely. Do you know what? That's an incredibly observational point, and it's not Thank one you. of. It obviously happens, and I've, you're, absolutely, you're absolutely right. I have seen mowers going off in the background. Too often, too I've, often. I've never seen it enough to take umbrage and go, no, those bloody lawnmowers. <laughs> but that said, now you've sort of highlighted it in the scope you have, you make an incre- you. incredibly good point. Because you're right, yeah. grass, you know, we all say, oh, you know, I'd rather watch grass grow or, or what yep. have you. There's no way grass grows that quickly in 90 minutes to get the nope. blades out. 
Like it just nope. doesn't happen, does it? So, nope. what purpose does that serve? Like, really, is the uh, the conundrum we've got here? Um, is it a visual? Let's say I don't know what what's a good backdrop, like Old Trafford, for example. So say, it's exactly in my mind right now. Old Trafford, see I'm yeah. seeing it. So let's say Sunday, May not versus Liverpool. It'll, yep. it'll be a one-all draw. Oh, no, actually, let's say that Liverpool win. They get their 18th win in a row. United, Ollie might not be at the wheel anymore. There's doom and gloom. And you'll just see yep. a lawnmower going up and, up and back and back. You know it. The pitch. You know it. Yeah. They're already talking about it now. They're already saying, um, you know what? I, I can't wait to get on my lawnmower. Um, they've even probably got it that, right, they'll be talk, the adverts will have finished. Um, I am going to mow the hell out of this lawn. And... And I'm going to be seen to be doing that. And I'm, when I get back tonight, I'm going to replay it because I've recorded it on um, Sky Q. And um, I'm going to point myself out. Look, this is what I did today. And I, this is, there's no need. There is no need. It's got to be a bet of some sort, isn't it? Like, oh, Jeff, no, have right. a look at this. Like, I'm going to get on the yeah. telly. Because no, there is no yeah. practical requirement to be cutting any grass. They, over, they a... could do it in the morning. Exactly. Do it in the morning. Yes. Um do you know what? I mean, I've never, like I say, I've never, it's never annoyed me in the past. I'm aware of what's going nope. on here, but I like it. It's, I like yeah. it. It's going to go in the bin, but it's going to go in the bin, oh. and I'm going to take extra yeah. attention to look at the lawnmowers on Sunday, see if it happens. So, That's fine. Um, and then I'll, we'll, we can laugh to ourselves. But yeah, actually, I'm going to yeah. have that, because although I've never been annoyed by that in the past, now you've no. sort of said to me, I'm annoyed by it. I think, what are you doing? So, uh, oh. so, so yeah, two for four, 50-50. Can you, can you end on a positive um, split of your picks? It's the last one. What's the fifth and final thing you want to see kicked in the bin? Do you know what? I've got two. I've got a blooming choose one. Oh, Christ. And I think, I think one is going to be better than the other. Now, whether or not you want me to save your one for another day, I can do that. But this one, it's going to be this one. Go right, the strongest. Okay. Let's, let's assume it's I'm your going. strongest penalty taker. I'm doing it. It's Cristiano Ronaldo. It's number five. Yep. You, need, you need a winner. Hit me. Yep. Hit me. Hit me. I'm go- right, okay. So, commentary, okay? Oh, yes. Yes. Commentary, let's say it's an FA Cup game. Let's say it's BBC, um, figuratively speaking. I have, I have another example, but I'm going to go with this one just for now. BBC, um, 12.15 kickoff. Let's say it's um, Everton and they're playing some lower league teams like Stocksbridge, something like that. Just pulling that one out. Yeah. And one of the players happens to be a plumber or one of the players just happens to be a builder or, 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 or God forbid, he's an estate agent. You know what I mean? And like that's a weird thing. And the commentator will have written all of these jobs down. And will be emphasising the fact that they are also this pro- in this profession as well, as if it's some foreign thing, um, and that just bugs the hell out of me. And it's not the fact that they mention it once; they'll do it again and again and again. Um, you know, oh, in case you've just tuned in now, um, Matthew Smith here uh, is a builder, um, and he's semi-professional. Uh, only gets to train, you know, twice a week. Yes. Yes, he does, because he's a builder and this isn't his full-time job. And he's done bloody well to get to this point in his career where he's playing Blooming Everton. Um, And that bugs the hell out of me. And I'll go and add something very geographical into this point as well. I'm from Lincoln. Um, We had Danny and Nicky Cowley up until a couple of months ago who were God's gift to Lincoln. And they were snatched from us by Huddersfield. 
and I'm still not over that yet. But you know, let's let's put that to one side. Even though I brought it up. It's you know, I'm over it. <laughs> not over it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, they were playing. Uh, they weren't playing. I'm the player in their minds probably, but they weren't playing. They were uh, managing their first game. I think it was against Sheffield Wednesday. It was against Sheffield Wednesday. Um, and the commentator made everyone aware that they used to be PE teachers. And I'm aware of that. I've been aware of it for three years. And I know that that has been used many occasions on Sky that they used to be PE teachers. I don't think it's any surprise to anyone now that um, uh, they're their PE teachers because it's been rammed down people's throats. But it got used at least five or six times because I was counting because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't going mad and that he, he, he was repeating himself continuously. And that also, they used to play football manager. Yeah, um, yeah I've, I've heard yeah, that one before. They used Jesus. to play football manager, um, uh, dreaming of this moment, and, and now they're living this moment. Um, uh, what, what, what else? There was another one as well they used. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, uh, they're the brothers, <laughs> um, uh, weirdly. Um, and also the fact that they, um, you know, uh, used to be, uh, sort of semi-professional footballers and, and just, just ramming it down our throats. Yes, they were that, but they're now managers. Leave it alone. There we go. I've, I've got quite passionate there. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. That's right. Don't apologize at all. It's all about, um, being catharsis. <laughs> so it's all about getting stuff off your chest. So, we should work backwards, reverse engineer yes. this one. The Cowleys, yes. you are right, mm. they do hammer home the PE teacher. Oh. Certainly the football manager oh. one, I've heard that a lot of times. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, that was an interesting shout out. If you'd have just said the way that the Cowleys are presented in the media, that would have been quite a, yep. a strong pick. But yep. the FA Cup one is even stronger. Mm. This one is right, right into the net because you're absolutely right. And it really yep. boils my piss as well. Because yes. you're, you're right in the sense of non-league teams, it's all... Oh, the the plucky banker, um, oh, and it's just it's such a trope and a cliche. It's been used to death, and you, I know. people wonder why the FA Cup is not in the sort of the glitz and glamour and the sort of prestige it used to be. And it's just you know, oh, these plucky non-leaguers giving it a go. He's got work on. He's got work on Monday. Oh, work he's on the, Monday. He's the hero tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and God. it's just like every year, and it's just like. You know, especially in the first two rounds, for example, of the, the FA Cup coverage, they really sort of hammer home the, the oh, league do. pedal, don't they? Um, Sickening. They'll have, what's his name, Clem going to Hartlepool or some even lower team, oh, just, you know, because he's, you know, it's the cup of the people and all that, and it's just like, oh, it's so goodness. sickening. It really is sickening. I mean, I've got nothing wrong with the FA Cup. It's an institution in football, and I think, you know, yeah. the English game would be lost if we didn't have it. Unfortunately, it is sort of dying a death of a thousand cuts. There's no two yeah. ways about that. And I think, you know, we'll yeah. always have it, but in what actual shape and size over the next sort of 10 years, who knows? Because, you know, the pressures of the global game, what have you, is sort of putting more and more demands on the FA Cup. But, yeah. you know, I can quite easily do without this cliche-ridden nonsense that we have to make do with in the first couple of rounds. You know, just treat them as footballers yeah. and it'll be absolutely fine. You know, they're just giving them the respect they deserve and not belittle them. Saying, oh, exactly, because you know. that is exactly what they're doing, you know. And 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 also, you know, I detest that, but I don't mind little ones like, say, for instance, San Marino are playing in England, and I think there was an example of one of the guys had to call in, um, say that he couldn't look after the bar tonight because he works in the bar in the local town. I mean, that's a bit funny, and I can appreciate that. And yeah, yeah, I get that. Uh, that's all right. I like that. That's quite cool. 
But when it's the same drivel AFA Cup, nah, 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 game over, man, game yeah. over. I think the San Marino example, that's quite good because you represent your country. Like, sorry, boy, yeah. can't come to yes. work, represent the country. Yes. Like, that's, that's all right, I'll allow that. But yeah, yeah it's sort of just sugar sweet FA Cup coverage, yeah. you know, aren't people great for having jobs as well as playing football? Oh, yeah. They are, but we don't need to know every sort of game. We don't. So, for that reason, and it's a great case you make, and I'm fully on board with that one. That one is firmly slotted into the bin. It's just gone oh. right in. Top bins, oh. top bins. Top bins, top bins. So there we go. So so what's to uh, to recap? So you've had third kits, that one yes. went in. You had sort yep. of kit choices. It was a strong case, yep. but I can sort of see why these happened. So can't allow that one. Yeah. The third one was, um, remind me, it was the Linos, wasn't it? The linesman, Linos, linesman, Linos, Linos yeah. Yep not bringing the ball back so unfortunately we need linesmen to sort of run the game so that one wouldn't work the fourth one was remind me Uh, grass cutting grass cutting that's a very good one I like that one I don't think anyone I mean if I sort of tried to imagine what five you would have picked you know it could have been the easy ones like a half and half scarf or a combined 11 yes but grass cuttings I mean where does that come from that's a really good one though I like it and FA Cup it's coming from the heart yes and that's and it's so it should really you know that's what it's all about and <laughs> FA Cup cliche ridden nonsense I think is the fifth one yep. so yeah yep. three out of five not a yeah, clean I'll sweep but no one ever really gets a clean sweep not from my experience no. you'd have to really dig deep and make a case I but bet. three out of five I don't think there's many complaints on that are you happy with that return I'm happy with that return I am um, I'm, I'm very happy with that return excellent excellent have you been happy with the uh, the show tonight Absolutely, absolutely, it's awesome. Um, in fact, uh, I need to I need to come back and get a clean sweep now. There's there's bound to be some some some, some strange niche cliche or something like that that I can find. Yeah, definitely, I'll be back. Okay, yeah, keep that in mind. That's your sort of uh, homework then. If you want to try and discover another five, there's, I'm sure there'll be another opportunity to um, to get more off your chest before you get yeah. more off your chest. Do you want to get some sort of um, some links and what have you. Like, do you want to sort of promote yourself? Get that yeah. off your chest. Yeah. So um, I'm the Kitsman on Twitter. I'm also Kitsman on Instagram. Uh, don't do Instagram as much as Twitter because Twitter seems to be where everyone likes to engage the most. Yeah, lots of stuff happening on Twitter. So um, I'm on both social media platforms. I'm on Facebook, but I've not posted anything really there. But I'm there as a as a you know an obvious candidate for social media. Um, but no. Um, Kitsman, it's been going now since oh, it's just over a year now. Um, we talk, I, well, I talk about all sorts of things uh, to do with kits. Um, best prices to get them at. Um, I find uh, kit reviews. Uh, so if I, if I like a kit, I'll review it. Um, I uh, like to talk to people about all the latest kits that have come out, uh, and just is really sort of positive uh, discussion really about it and it's, it's, it's getting a, a bigger audience and um, more people are getting involved uh, it's just a really positive sort of space for people to talk about it they can post their own shirts their own collections um, and they can look to even add to their collections when I sort of like um, tell them where they where I get my shirts from and just the best prices because let's face it it's nowadays 60, 70 quid in some places and you don't need to look far to get them for quite cheap um, I do a lot of charity shop finds as well I'll go to all the charity shops whenever I go to somewhere new um, and just show people what I've been able to find uh, and I'm looking to do a, a, a charity shop treasure hunt soon where um, I get people to go out, try and find the most 
obscure, crazy shirt they can. I think I uh, won that this week when I found a Phuket FC shirt in um, Preston. So uh, I, I challenge anyone to beat that one. But uh, yeah, follow me on the Kitsman. Uh, looking to get a website soon, but right now it's all on, 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 on Twitter. So yeah, see, find me there. Excellent. I like the way you've thrown down the gauntlet in terms of, of kit challenge as well. So everyone, if you're listening, <laughs> that's the bar that's been raised. And on yeah. the other side of Josh's picks, we're going to have Chris's picks. So the break's coming up. Don't get anywhere because there's going to be more stuff, hopefully, kicked in the bin. Your accumulator letting you down again. You've cashed out early. And you just can't win. Prehistoric football coupons? Nah. Have a think about it. Why not play a new way? At Loserpool, pick a loser and win a thousand pounds in a last man standing tournament. Be a loser and win at Loserpool. Enter for free now. Visit loserpool.com. Okay, welcome back to the second part of our Kicked in the Bin special, and it's time to reveal my second guest. His name is Chris Bland, and Chris is a betting and tactics expert who works for a number of websites and has also taken his own first steps into podcasting. So Chris, firstly, thanks for coming on to the show tonight, and also, not only are you, I guess, looking forward to serving up your pet hates, but also, why don't you tell me about your podcast and also the listeners? Uh, yeah, so it's just started up the last week or so. Um, it's called at the week uh, at weekly wager pod um, on Twitter. If that's the best way to get hold of us at the moment, um, where we're just we're looking at like different angles of how to approach your betting rather than just using a lot of people just use stats for stats' sake or will offer up say both teams have scored in the last six, so they're going to do it again. We're trying to take a different kind of angle upon that and maybe delving deeper into tactics and maybe the underlying statistics and trying to explain to people why a price might not seem as good on the outside. I mean, yes, anything that can sort of, I guess, inform punters is always a help, isn't it? Because you're right, I think a lot of people are guilty of just sort of dipping into that surface level of stats and sort of looking at it and thinking, okay, well, that's all the information I've got or I'll need. But if you're right, in the sense that if you can look at it from as many angles as possible and add more information to that, then you would think that people would have a better chance of beating the bookies. Is that a fair thing to say? Yeah, that's exactly what we're trying to do. It's just trying to make sure people have all the information that they that they should have before making that informed decision. I mean, in the past, again, I've been guilty. You take something, you might just see a price and think, why, that's too good to be true, and then not question why it's too good to be true, and rather than drill down on it. So it's trying to do a little bit of the harder work for some of the punters. Well, yes, exactly. I mean, if people like yourself can do the hard work, then I guess lots of other people can reap the benefits. And I have listened to the show myself, and it's highly recommended, especially, you know, for the weeks that follow, once we're back in the swing of uh, club football and all that. So, obviously, once you've listened to this one, take a listen to Chris and the good work that he's doing. But now he's got some other work to do. And that is, he's got five things that he wants to try and see kicked in the bin. One at a time. So, Chris, what is the first thing that you would like to see kicked in the bin? Um... To be honest, it would be the, the like yeah outdated pundits or just like the ones that come across very it's very opinionated with no substance. So to be honest, that the main example would be just Chris Sutton. Yeah, would be just him in general. Yes, yes. <laughs> that was the first name <laughs> I was thinking when you said that. So I think we might get on quite well tonight. But if, <laughs> by all means, if you want to expand on this point, the floor is yours. 
Well, he just he's very frustrating. He he's very opinionated when he when he's like when he's putting his point across. It's very much um, I used to play football, so I know everything. Whereas it and he's he'll say stuff just to wind people up, as opposed to actually add anything incitive to a debate. You, what you want when you sit much a football match is somebody to actually tell you. Maybe you can see what's happening on the pitch. Maybe somebody to tell you why it's happening or something along those lines, rather than him just sitting there and calling them rubbish for missing from three yards out. We can see that, but <laughs> this, you need some more insightful kind of stuff to go with it for me. Yeah, I think Chris Sutton is the prime example of someone who just likes to be seen to be making noise. And I think in this sort of era of social media and where we're at today, it's a case of, you know, if you make the, the loudest noise, then you get the most traction in what you do. But that doesn't necessarily mean you're correct in your opinions. So you're right in the sense that, I guess, certainly from a Scottish football point of view, which if you're sort of obviously aware of his history, he played for Celtic, he loves goading Rangers fans. And I think that's sort of his, his modus operandi these days. And yes, he sort of works for the Premier League and all that. And he has his own outdated or, I guess, like say, opinions that don't really have any substance. And you do sort of wonder, Chris, are we sort of seeing him employed by companies such as BT and BBC just because he creates that noise and the traction that goes with it and not because he's necessarily a good pundit? Totally. That's how I see it. Um, I think, like, in the past, you were quite guilty of doing it with, like, Robbie Savage and people like that. But, um, to be honest, thankfully, he's actually... Got not quite as bad in, in recent weeks, but yeah, uh, sorry, fair, like yeah, recent seasons. But yeah, it, it's to be honest, it's pick, like talk sport do it quite a bit as well, where they they pick out people that they know will create debate, as opposed to maybe put across an insightful point. So you, you look at Sky getting on people like Mourinho and well, I'm trying to think like uh, sorry, we like Gary Neville beforehand. I mean he's dangerously close at times now when it comes to Man United of doing the same but it, there was more of an analytical point of view whereas with these like you say it's it's an easy win for them to create buzz on social media and aspects like that yeah exactly I mean you only have to take um, Dean Saunders on TalkSport as the prime example of just someone who's really an oxygen thief he's stealing a living really and again it's all about <laughs> <laughs> if, you know, if we're being kind we don't have to be kind but I think he's probably the worst for it because you know you see all these talk sport short videos that are then sent through twitter within sort of minutes and hours and it's not good debate it's just head in hands like what are you saying dean like what is it this time you know danny mills is another one darren goff and i think you know talk sport danny, danny mills is one of the worst for us <laughs> yeah exactly i mean if you'd have said to me if you'd have thrown talk sport at me i'd have put that straight in the bin i wouldn't even he needed you to ask because <laughs> for such a platform it's so badly used it's lowest common denominator and it's just it's tripe these days isn't it i mean i'm sort of 35 and i remember sort of 15 20 years ago it was actually quite a good sort of listen you know really sort of insightful and it's just like I say, feeding that gutter element of football, which we want to try and get away from. So thankfully, Chris, that one is going to go in the bin. Outdated pundits and their views are firmly in the bin, never to come back. So a fantastic start, one for one. What have you got for me next then? Um, I'm going to go with the idea of a combined 11 would be my next one. Um, yeah. I, I think what got us the most was this week. It's that similar approach of let's, let's build something up and try and wind people up. It was the Liverpool Man United one that they put up on uh, Sky Sports, where again I believe it was Danny Mills. It might was Danny Mills. Picked, yes, you're right. Yeah, it might have just picked a fully Liverpool team, which, to be honest, it, it's hard to argue with. But 
it it's just totally irrelevant because you've got when they do this, you've got two two teams with two different managers playing two different systems, two different ways. It's not as simple as putting player X and Y next to each of them and say which one's better. It's it's like because the debate that come out of it was is Pogba better than Henderson, but the two completely different players that you wouldn't have in the same system. So I, I understand why they do them, but it, again, it's just a pointless exercise to create a bit of like outrage and buzz be, behind the game. Yes, so if we take Combine 11s, it's the perfect example of what I call content for content's sake. Like, What purpose yes. does it actually serve anyone? You know, in if you look at it, it's most base level, you know, let's say... Tottenham versus Arsenal. I'm a Tottenham fan, so I always go for a North London derby example. You know, like, you look at a combined 11, in theory, it would never work, would it? Because, like you say, you've got two teams that have different styles, you know, players that probably don't even like each other anyway because they're sort of so caught up in being rivals. You know, how would that work in a pitch, um, in a sort of game setup as well? It's just nonsense, really, isn't it? It's the football actual live equivalent, I guess, of a half-and-half half scarf, isn't it? Something else that we don't really need <laughs> in football. So... This one has been an absolute blight, and I can't agree with this any more than you know what you're sort of saying already. Because it's just there is no need for it. Like I, it just riles me to the point where I can't even need to get my words out today because I just don't see the purpose of it. And like I say, like no one reads it, and they're almost sort of divisive for the point of being like, "Oh, I'm so angry that my team's only got four players out of this combined eleven And it's just like, well, yeah, but it's a non—it's a moot point. Like it doesn't make any difference, does it? You know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've got no loyalty to Combine 11s. I think they're absolutely useless. Um, I would also add what I dislike in terms of 11s is Weld 11s, which have really bad formations, which yes. if, you, if you actually played that team in a Weld 11, they'd get absolutely pumped because they have, like, no left-back. Four, like, wingers in sort of, you know, like really weird positions. You'd have a striker playing left wing, one defensive midfield, and it's just like you're literally just crowbarring in 11 players, but it's not actually the best team. Does that make sense, Chris? Yeah, totally agree. I mean, it, it's funny you see that one. It, it was another example where I yeah. think Paul Merson had um, had just gone with like a 4-2-4 for the sake of just trying to fit in four attackers for the North London derby or something along those lines. Like, I, I couldn't agree more. It's just... Again, like you say, content for content sake, and just you, you put them out there just to create a bit of debate for people to hit on your page or something like that. Yeah, I mean, but it's like, you know, I'm all for content and all that, and I think, you know, the social media is a machine that needs to be constantly fed because there's so much demand for, you know, debate, talk, what have you. Reactions is more importantly what's the demand for, but, you know, just think better, you know, just offer us more. It's just lazy, isn't it? So, if I put this in the bin, it will hopefully spark people to actually think more about football and, you know, the actual things we can really talk about. So, yes, this is also one that's going firmly in the bin. It's a cracking start for Chris. He's two from two. So, fantastic. What have you got as your third pick? What would you like to see kicked in the bin? Um, One for me, again, looking at the statistics kind of thing, it's the use of, like, your pointless statistics to try and create a point. So one which always it, it's I, I I love a good stat like saying Everton haven't won away from home against Tottenham for thirty years or something like that. I'm sure they have, but then they use that to back up their opinion as to why Everton aren't going to win away at Tottenham. 
if you what what relevance does that Everton side from 30 years ago have playing that Tottenham team? Yeah, the, it might just be, it's just a coincidence. Yet I've seen a lot of things, but it, again, it's the betting aspect. But people use it to actually reinforce the reason why you should back against the team is that the they haven't won in X amount of games um, against a said team or something like that. I, I do understand on a short-term basis that can be you can take it into a uh, like take that into a factor, but even to that extent, the players, the managers, the transition is so much. You very rarely get in the same two teams playing each other in the same style in the same context that it just becomes a very irrelevant point. Yeah, so this is a, a good point. I mean, I've got a background in stats myself, so you've sort of come at this from a very good angle. And I think the fact that <laughs> in terms of history in football, there is almost too much weight applied for that in things such as you know the example you've made. You can also expand on that when you see sometimes they say and. You know, let's say, like, say Everton, Tottenham. Let's say, oh, and Everton haven't won here since 1957. When they, when you actually look at it, they may have played three times, which I know they haven't in the league. But you get those kind of examples where yeah. they highlight the fact that the teams not won them in 65 years, but they've played each other four times in that space of time, and they may have drawn two. So they've only lost twice in 55 years. So it's just again, it's all about you know arbitrary sort of dates that use the wrong context. And I think, you, like you say, you know, there are so many variables when it comes to a team playing each other year on year and what might have happened in those years. Yes, you could say, you know, if you go back on a, let's say, five-year basis and a team has won all five at home against, you know, let's say Arsenal have beaten Burnley five times in a row, which I think they have actually at the Emirates, you'd think, OK, fair enough, there is there is some reason to think you'd back Arsenal, wouldn't you? Because it's, it's a constant sort of run. But, you know, 30 years, you're thinking, well, like, there is too much in that and then people just take that as the gospel as their reason like I say to it well if it's they've not won here in that long then surely it must be today that they're going to keep losing so I think it's almost sort of misguided faith in the history of stats is that right? Yeah uh, that's exactly what I was looking at that kind of approach with it I mean again it's sometimes as well people might look at say they've scored in the last five but not explain that they might have scored so say Harry Kane scored in his last five but he's for England but played against Andorra, Moldova, San Marino, etc. And then he's coming up against France, but because he's scoring them last five, well, he must be more likely to do it tonight. Yes, that's right. Again, it's all about lack of context, isn't it? Because, it's, you know, yeah. you hear the quality of opposition, like I say, you know, no disrespect to Harry Kane, I love the bloke, but his international record is, dare I say, a bit stat-padded, isn't it? Because he is rolling over minnows at times. And then, like I say, if you sort of ask him to go to the Nations League and get a goal, you think, well, you know, well, he's got all of this in his locker, but the, the level of opposition has been raised immediately, isn't it? So the, I think everyone's sort of guilty of that trap as well. So, so yes, you know, I'm all for stats. I love them. I think I, I, football would be a worse place without them. But I think we're in a bad place when people use them incorrectly. So if we can get people to sort of use them and just think a bit more, have a wider approach to their um, reasoning as to why they sort of highlight stats and actually maybe understand them a bit more, we'd all be better for it. So for that reason, the lack of context and bad analysis of stats, that's going to go in the bin. It's a little bit niche, but I like it. So that one's going in the bin. So we're three from three, Chris. We're on to a real flyer. So can you keep up this golden run thus far for pick number four? What would you like to see kicked in the bin? Um, This one's probably quite an obvious one, but it's just time-wasting games. But... What it is more behind is the idea that 
I think that the average playtime that you get is about 60 minutes of football as opposed to your 90 minutes games because the, <laughs> they spend that much time with, towards the end of games, just time-wasting and you, you lose quite a lot of... It, from, say, you're paying 50, 60 quid to go and watch a Premier League game, you, you, you actually lose quite a bit of it through your injury. Like, people, faint, not so much feigning injuries, but they take the time over that. The especially but like second half the game management side of it I understand why they have to do it but God it's infuriating as a football fan yes I mean I guess you're all right in the sense that you are losing say a third of the game in terms of inactivity shall we say and it's not necessarily people playing in the corner for 30 minutes it's just the nature of the game and the stoppages that just come with it so it is frustrating but how can we get around this? Like, what is the solution? One that has been mooted in the past is if football was purely 30 minutes a half and it was on a shot clock basis. So if the ball was out of play, you kill the clock and it's just, you know, you're actually only playing the live time that you're on the pitch. Would you prefer that, for example? And that's the thing. I couldn't possibly tell you. <laughs> I, I, it was one which I was looking at and when I put it down, I was thinking, well, I'm going to complain about it, but I don't know how you get around it. I suppose that you could try and police the game a bit better. That would be your best approach. And I mean, I quite like the step that they've taken here, just the little ones like the subs have to go off on the nearest sideline. It's stuff like that where they, they are trying the best. I think it probably would be a bit extreme to fundamentally change the minutes that you play. But uh, yeah, it's one of them ones which I, I looked at thought, well, I'm going to put the problem to you, but I don't actually have a particularly strong solution to it. So you're offering problems, not solutions tonight. Is that what you're saying, Chris? Yes, 100% right. on that one. OK. Um, I fancy just a complaint on that one. Right. To be honest, being a Sunderland fan, I've, I've been watching it quite a lot over the past year and a half of teams coming to the stadium of light and doing it from the first minute, which, again, I understand why you do it. I but, mean, God, it's infuriating. Yeah, I mean, you can understand. I mean, I guess what is a bigger bugbear is when you see... Goalkeepers playing for time in the first half. Let's say someone like yeah. Ben Foster, for example, maybe the the most guilty candidate. I remember when he <laughs> came to Wembley as a West Brom goalkeeper, and I swear he was playing for time after about eight minutes. Matt Ryan was the same last season when Brighton came to Tottenham. Now, for use of a better term, lesser clubs, smaller clubs in the Premier League. I should say lesser clubs, smaller clubs in the Premier League. That is their right because ultimately it's up to the home team or the bigger team in this case to break them down. But again, if we go back to the entertainment point of view. It's so frustrating because you're literally just watching a team who's playing not to not to win a game, just not to lose. And it's just like the referee won't pull it up early and it just riles the fans and it just becomes gamesmanship because the goalkeeper knows he's got the fans riled. And then that sort of negativity obviously feeds into the home team. So it's obviously it's, it's clever from the, the away goalkeeper, but it's an absolute blight to watch on the game. So had you offered that one up, I'd been behind it. And I'm, yeah. not, I'm not against what you've put, but I like I say, well, like you say... How do we Broad brush issue. Yes, it is. And I think, how could we fix it? And unless we went to this sort of sweeping statement where we said, look, you know, there's no dead time in football, but if the ball goes out of play, we stop the clock and you literally have 30, sec sorry, 30 minutes of live action. You know, there's no stoppages. So if it goes out for a throw, you stop the clock, then restart it. That would probably be a fairer reflection of how the actual game is played. You get more, I guess, value for money, but then, you know, you might be sort of seeing 60 minutes of, live football but might be in the ground for two hours so you know there's sort of 
there's I guess ways and means around this, but I don't think it's the perfect answer. So unfortunately, because we can't get a solution tonight, I can't put that one in the bin. So your 100% record has come to an end, but it was, it was a valid effort. I'll give you that. It's, ba- <laughs> it's bounced off the rim and it's just sort of fallen out the other side. So it's not in the bin, that one. But with your final pick, I always like to sort of reference this one as like your Cristiano Ronaldo, like your fifth penalty, your best taker. What have you got for me, Chris? What's the last thing you'd like to see kicked in the bin? All the hype of big games would be the one for me. Ooh. Especially, it's... Man United Liverpool is going to be the perfect example of this. Where they've already... I'm surprised they haven't launched their own Sky Sports Man United Liverpool channel for it, to be honest. <laughs> it's the, the guilty of it for every so-called big game, Super Sunday. Everything has to be a massive occasion. At the end of the day, it's just a football match. It's And the debate that they have around it, again... They don't actually. They, they create a lot of noise around it rather than analysing what needs to be analysed. So a lot of it will be, uh, well, De Gea's out injured, Pogba's out injured, and then talking endlessly about that rather than what is the solution to that or why is he going to be a miss. There's very and it's all like they get the ex players on talking about the great encounters from last year where they drew nil nil or something like that it's it, it all gets a bit too much and when the game comes around I mean actually this season they've been a lot more entertaining but a lot of the time you just fall flat and you're better off watching Leicester Bournemouth yeah I think this is a very good pick actually and something I would certainly agree with because the sky hype machine is on overdrive isn't it and this has been something that's been going on for years and I guess it's the bedrock of how sky football works really and as a consequence, it's no surprise that people are voting with their remotes or wallets and deciding to maybe stream it and you know through more nefarious means and what have you because people are just sick of the the hype, the drivel that comes out of Sky. Like, yes, Gary Neville is probably a class apart in terms of analysis in this day and age, but you'd have to also argue, Chris, I don't know if it's a fair statement or not, but there's not many contenders around him, really. He's almost the best of a bad bunch, really. Yeah, um, I totally agree with that. I think... He offered something new when he come on the like come on at the scene that Monday night football him uh, Jimmy Carragher did yeah brilliant it was just like an eye opener in terms of analysis but he's now become very very guilty of, especially around Man United of becoming one of these overhyped overreactive pundits where it's very very emotive which is fine you need emotion but it, there has to be that in between and he's losing the the, the in-between as such as United get worse and worse. Yes, I think, you know, in the last sort of, uh, let's say, months, obviously United haven't been where they've been before and you can see that he's getting frustrated and these rants are becoming, again, good sound bites. They're good video clips. They're digestible. You know, after the game, he's straight on Facebook and everyone's commenting about, you know, Gary Neville's outburst. It's not necessarily on the pitch. It's about Gary Neville's outburst. And there's almost to a certain degree, overexposure Gary Neville and Carragher now. Because like I say, when they first were together on Monday Night Football, it was really like, wow, this is really interesting. You know, getting great insight of recently retired defenders, something we haven't really seen before, especially at that kind of level with what they've won and all that. And it was like, yes, it's really good. And now it's like, say Friday Night Football, you've got Gary asking Aston Villa fans, what's the score going to be tonight? You know, man of the people. And you're like, well, hang on. It's just like, you can't be everywhere. And he seems to be everywhere. And it's like, there's almost a bit too much Gary Neville on my TV right now. I, yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, the, the 
the beauty of it last couple of weeks is that they've started to bring in Mourinho, and he's yes. been a, and he's been brilliant. Some of the analysis done on see the Arsenal games, it's been quite. Uh, it's like that step back. The danger is, for example, on the Man United games, even he, Roy Keane, they get a little bit too much into it. And like you say, you need a couple more pundits to come through. One who's absolutely brilliant, actually, is, um, but unfortunately he's, he's, he's not doing it anymore. He's on the Football League, was Liam Rossini. And it's the exposure to maybe one or two of the pundits that do it further down that needs to be maybe given a chance just because they didn't necessarily play for the biggest teams doesn't mean that the, you don't have to have a Man United defender coming on to talk about Man United Liverpool as your best analysis it's just it's the name isn't it that, that they have to bring to, to live up to that hype as well yes that's right I mean it's almost too partisan the analysis isn't it you know there's no sort of neutral people you know if BT Sport for the Champions League. If it's a Liverpool game, they'll have Liverpool-based pundits. Tottenham, Jermaine Genesis is in there. So it's all about, you know, why couldn't you just have someone who knows their stuff? But it's all about being linked to the club and then you think, well, there's quite a lot of bias there. You know, Steve McManaman, another one for Liverpool. So it's just like, you, could, yeah. you, could you strip that away? But, you know, you, you almost you look at Sky Sports now and they're trumpeting the fact that they've got these big-name pundits because they can't really sell the Premier League as the best players, can they? they you know, it used yeah. to be, we've got the best managers in the league and now... They probably still have, but now it's you know, and we've got the best pundits. So it's like, well, yeah, but we should be worrying about the the product on the on the pitch, shouldn't we? And you know, product in a footballing terms of dirty word in itself. But um, yeah, I just think you know, this, there's no need for the hype. It's just become draining, and it, like I say, it all feeds into that constant machine of sound bites and debate, and it's bad debate. And I think you know, if you sort of looked at your outdated pundits and your bad analysis of stats and all that. I think part of the underlying really is the overhype that comes with it. And that's the kind of primary benchmark which creates all these substrands of things we want to see kicked to the bin. So if we cut the monster's head off, then they'd all go away, wouldn't they? So for that reason alone, the overhype of big games, and you're right in the sense that the overhype usually leads to a game which never really matches up to the hype, does it? So you get a real sort of wet lettuce of a game anyway, and you think, well, why have I just spent four hours build up included watching all that? And you just think... I'm not going to do that again. And next Sunday, you're back in the fold again. We never learn, do we? So I think we need to break free of the shackles of the overhype. And for that reason, it's going in the bin. So that's four from five, a sterling effort. I think that's one of, if not the best ever. So usually, I think the average... Yeah, yeah exactly. The average is about three out of five. No one's got five out of five yet. You'd have to be really on the money. So I think, um, yeah, you'd have to be pretty pleased with that one, Chris, wouldn't you? Ah, oh, take that. Take that. Right, yeah, well, take that one. So I think if I was doing a leaderboard, you'd be top of it. I'm not actually in a leaderboard, but you can have you can have the accolade. I'll let you know if anyone ever rivals you or um, <laughs> gets close. But um, I think that's going to wrap up, really. That sort of half hour or so has absolutely flown by. So I just need to thank you, Chris. I hope you've enjoyed being on the show tonight. Yep, really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Not a problem. And, of course, do check out Chris's podcast after you've listened to this one. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is The Real Football Cast in association with Loser Paul. And until next time, goodbye. Podcast Network.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.